I would encourage you to hold on to your hope, never give up hope, and also have faith. With your strong faith, in your hope will will lead you out of darkness. Do you need encouragement to turn tragedies into your own triumphant life story? If so, this podcast is for you. you. Listen to powerful guests who have persevered through challenges so you can gain strength to build your championship life. The host of Professor of Perseverance podcast, Dr. James Perdue. Hey, 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 it's that time again. Hey, I'm the Professor of Perseverance, Dr. James Perdue himself. Thank you for coming in and listening on the Professor of Perseverance podcast, where we interview people who have gone through some type of struggle, trials, and tribulation, and has come out on the other side living a good, great life. And they're going to share their story, their journey with you, and hope to inspire you to move on in life, no matter what's going on. Today, our guest is from is a survivor from a mass genocide from Cambodia. Now, this is going to be interesting because very few I've had another one in a mass genocide, uh, but these man just to hear their story and what life was to get out of there is is so phenomenal to me. Author of the book. How I Survived the Killing Fields. We'll put it up here right now. How I Survived the Killing Fields, a story of hope, love, and determination. She wants to use her strength, faith, and confidence to help her listeners to be inspired and encouraged to overcome fear and live fulfilling life beyond struggles. Welcome to the show here today, Sarah M., Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you again for sharing your valuable time. Much more is your valuable journey and how you'll be able to come here today. Love your book cover. Is that you modeling the cover? (laughs) It's me. (laughs) There you go. Well, you're beautiful and you're doing great. And I'm very excited to with our podcast today to hear your journey. So if, uh, Sarah, if you don't mind, we're just going to hop on in there and you start us off on where you think is most important, relevant to get us where we're going. Okay. Hello, everyone. I'm so happy to be here. Just want to share my journey with you. I hope that it will help you to get inspired. Um, my my journey, I came from a very humble background. I grew up in a farm. So I enjoyed the lifestyle surrounded by nature in the tropical country of Cambodia. It's beautiful. We, I love the, the plant and the vegetable, the exotic fruit and all the animals that we have there. And my family encouraged me to keep going on in school. And they love, they value higher education. They they don't want me to grow up as a farmer because they know that farming is hard work. So, so that's how I grew up with my mind. My mindset that I'm going to higher education. 
So, and what, uh, uh, I'm sure when I used to have my grandfather when I was seven or eight, nine years old, and our farm, not well, we didn't have a farm, we just did a garden in the backyard, mm. and he grew up on a farm. My grandfather did, but uh, you know, my mom, we we didn't. Uh, but he would come plow the backyard and till it, and then we're planting all these seeds. And I'm sure my gardening was nowhere near what you did on the farm, but I didn't like I didn't like gardening. <laughs> <laughs> I was out there with my granddad and helping him, but I didn't like it. So, but so I so I can imagine on the farm itself that it definitely hard work now i'm like you i love mother nature i would love to see the open fields and mother nature see the, all the different critters around uh but yeah so yeah i, I would look I, I would look for a different venue in higher education to get off that farming <laughs> yes so <clears throat> when i was about 13 my mom had an accident and she she became paralyzed, complete paralyzed. So she was flat on her back for for four years, and I was a caregiver for her because I love my mom, and I took care of her very diligently. But I never gave up school. So during now, that, let me let me ask uh, Sarah. this um. Siblings? You have brothers, sisters? I have younger brothers. You're you're the oldest. I'm the oldest. Okay, so yeah. typically I would think that the oldest would be the like you said, your mother getting hurt would be the more provider at that time because because of being older. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, now I let me ask let me ask you yeah. about your mother. Uh, how did she become paralyzed? And was she paralyzed from the neck down, the waist down? She um, she accidentally lifts lift up some boxes that are too heavy for her, mm -hmm. and then she heard cracking on her back, and then uh, she said that. And then since then, it it she feel tingling, tingling down to her arm and her legs, and then. Oh, within a couple of days, she became completely paralyzed from her neck down. Mm, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's so unfortunate, but because I love my mom so much, I took care of her, and I also have baby brother at that time. So between mom and the brother, I was I have a very, very busy schedule, but I still keep up with school. And. Four years later, you you wouldn't believe, but mom got a little better. She she became you know she was able to walk and uh, well sl slowly slowly mm -hmm. within a year of progression she was able to walk. So four years flat on her back. But I'm telling you this story to to share that. During that time that I took care of her, we built such a strong love relationship because I took care of her with my love and my compassion. So that strengthened our love relationship. So 
when was she, uh, when she was able to uh, walk normally again, she went back to do the work and save up the money ready for me to go to college. So I went away for college. Uh, that is so far away from home. That's about 400 miles from home. And I stayed there by myself. Well, with, with my roommate, of course. Mm -hmm. During during my my time in college, Cambodia went through a very, very bad time. When the communist Khmeros took over the country, they they start to come in, military took over. Uh, they, they, they came in with the truck, with the tank, with the guns, march on the street. And then immediately everything was shut down in the whole city. It's a complete shutdown. That means the marketplace, all the business, the bank, the hospital, the post office, the, the bus line, the airplane, the, the airport, everything. So I got really nervous and I want to go home to be with family, but I could not go home. It, it, it's, it's not possible. So they immediately they began to evacuate people from the city. Okay, uh, you, you couldn't go home. It's not because you weren't willing, you wanted to go home, but because everything was shut down and they were not allowing anybody in? Is that what it is? No, they, um, everything was shut down and mm -hmm. nothing is working. So there yes. is no bus line, uh, no bus line is running. There's no okay, airplane okay. flying. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I didn't know you meant, I mean, I knew you said everything was shut down, which I assumed airlines and busing, but I thought maybe that if you tried to get in, they were going, no, you're not coming in here anymore either. I didn't know they were stopping people from going in and out, but it, it's because everything is shut down. There's no travel uh, possible to get in. Okay. I got you. Right. Right. And the people are in the city. I was in the city. So they want people to leave the city. They they start to evacuate. Mm -hmm. So that means we, they push us out of our own place. So I left everything that I ever have and just walk on the street with, with the big crowd. Everybody was in the same boat. We, we all walk in the heat without anything. But it was a miserable, miserable trip. I never forget it. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. We sleep on the ground because, you know, we don't have a place to sleep. We don't have much food to eat. We just grab whatever we have left and then bring it with us. And we cannot buy anything else. Nothing, to, nothing for sales. Yeah. Yeah. So eventually, I end up in the far away village and got to stay with somebody in, um, temporary. And then I, I was evacuated, not evacuated. I was uh, displaced 
a couple more times. So eventually I end up in a big camp, a labor camp. Mm-hmm. When they 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 force us to work so hard in yes. the in the heat and very long hour. And that hard work is seven days a week, fifteen wow. hours a day. Fifteen hours a day. And I'm sure you wouldn't get the nutrition that you need for burning up all these calories of working. So, no, no. And it plus the heat and probably not much water as well. Not much. Yeah. So, so now you you were at college when this started or whatnot. Right. So how was your family? How were they able to during this? Uh, did you get to meet up with them later? Um Long, four years later. Four years, okay. Four years. So I was trapped in that camp for four long years. And I almost did not make it. I, I yes. gotten, I've gotten so close to that a few times. Um, yeah, because they they give us very little food to eat. We don't have any anything to make our own cooking. They, they don't want us to do any cooking. Yes. They a kitchen that they will give us a scoop of rice. That's it. And, and not much nutrition. And pretty soon, so many people get sick. I started to get sick within a couple months. My, my first sickness was my high fever. Mm-hmm. And then malaria. And then I had typhoid. Oh, wow. And this is a very serious condition. And um, also my body started to swell up. I, I was swelling all over my body and my face. And I had a hard time breathing. And then that swelling went down. I initiated so when I emission, I lost so much weight. The swelling, it was the your body hanging on to what fluid it could. And I'm sure, I'm sure with the genocide going on, they didn't offer any treatments to you, did they? Yes. No. I mean, there's no antibiotics, there's no, hey, try this. No, they're yeah, they're yeah, nothing to you you're on your own, doctor and your own self. Right. Yeah. So, so I struggled with that condition, um, and also the lack of nutrition made me blind at night. So I lost my sight at night. Hmm. So this this is made me very very miserable, and I still had to go to work because if I, I don't work, misery would be the least of it. Man, yes. I'm talking. I would be angry, pissed off. Um, confused what's going on here um questioning i don't know if you believe in a god or higher power but you question why is this happening to me i mean it's more than just miserable there, there's a lot in there i i would think i mean i would think that's what i would be yeah yes yes it is it's um i i i don't know what to think because i was all I thought about is just like, oh, my family, where they are, where are they? I want to be with them. And mm-hmm. then I am so sick. and say, 
you know, when I'm going to get better, how I'm going to get better? Um, will I will I survive till the next day? Yes. Uh, so um, keep keep working until I cannot I cannot move my leg to go to work anymore. When when that happened, they put the sick people like me in one place. They call it a hospital, but when I get to that place, it's not really a hospital. There is no doctor, no nurse, no medication. It's a place for people to wait till time to die. That's I was going to say, yeah, it's not a hospital. It's a um, mortuary on on the weight, on the hold. Yeah. yeah. And so, and, and if you, like I said, they, you get so sick, they moved you out. Because if you're not able to work, you're no good to them. Right, right. Not, you're not, not that, yeah, not that you're any good with what little they give you to feed you and water you. <laughs> not that you're that good. But again, if you're not working productive for them, then you're useless and they yeah. want to put you into the killing field. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and we will not receive any food if we don't go to work. Mm. So that's that's why people have to drink if we go to work because for that little food at least there's something to eat. Yes, yes, yes. Wow. So sent off to the hospital if uh, if you only got fed because of working, if you're sent over there to basically you know set to die. You're not getting any nutrition or anything until you get better to get back to the working area. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. But at, at that uh, uh, hospital, so-called hospital, they have hmm. a little a little food for the sick people. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But um, but I was trapped in in that condition, the sick condition, and uh, the whole situation. And I try to find my way out. And I realize that if I stay in that place, I'm going to, to die. Because, mm -hmm. because a lot of people die. Every day, people are dying. So I was trying to find my way out. So what I was thinking, I, I, I look back, I remind myself that when I was young, I remember a story that my mom read to me. And in that story, it showed me that there is God that is up there and he has power and he's higher than any us, any one of us. And he's higher than what we can imagine. So mm -hmm. with that, just a little information from the book, I make up my mind that there is God up there. So now that I am struggling to survive, I pray. I pray to that God. So I had to sneak to pray because they, I don't want anybody to see me. They don't believe in any religion. So mm -hmm. if, they, if they see us pray, it's not good. Oh, yes. I can, I can imagine you have to hide that as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, so remembering this little story from Mother, uh, again, got you uh, to pray, but provided a little little handful of ounce of hope to uh, move on. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. that story did. Oh, that's awesome. Yes, yes. Because um, just knowing that there is God and He knows what's happening. And I that's how I believe. And I pray mm-hmm. and I need help. God, please help me. So when I, I keep praying for, for a while, and then one day I feel like I have a little extra energy, so then I'm ready to walk out from there. I sneak out when nobody, when, when everything is quiet, and I sneak out from there. I walk back to where the working people are staying, and that's um, it's some something amazing happened. I met a kind, kind team leader. She knew me before, and when she saw me, you know, limping along and come out from the infirmary, and she mm-hmm. she had sympathy on me, and she said, "You stay with me. Let me try to find something for you to do." But very quickly, within a couple of days, she realized that I'm too sick and she doesn't have anything to help me to do. So um, she taught me to go to work in the kitchen. So she made some kind of uh, arrangement with the kitchen staff. She said that now you can go to work in the kitchen. So when I hear that word, it's like a music in my ear. This is not usual. Because people work in the field, in the rice field, in the heat all day long. Now, now that I was going to say, the kitchen work has got to be much different than yes. what you what you were doing before. And again, this is providing some more hope, I would think, uh, for That's, you to give mm-hmm. you a better chance of surviving because of not, let's just say, working yourself to death in the field. Right, yes, that totally you are you are completely right. That gave me hope that you know when when I work in the kitchen, I have more access to food, and mm-hmm. I work in the shade, not in the heat, and I work less hour, so eventually, I start to feel better, so that gave me hope that um I start to believe maybe God answer my prayer maybe maybe. You know, um, but for several months, I worked there and I feel better and I look better. And when they they saw me look like that, they pulled me out from the kitchen. Oh, put no. Me, put me back into the rice field again. You were, you were too healthy now. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but at least, at least I regained my health, you know. A yes. Bit. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So it was to to be able to withstand uh, that again. Yes. Yes. Boy, that had to been heart heartbreaking uh, when that happened. You you know you're you're in paradise compared to all this, and now having to go back there, boy, it had to been heartbreaking and and uh, oh shoot, frustrating and you know all that uh, going back again. Yes. So um with with hope I I I have a little glimpse of hope that someday someday I will be able to find my family 
it just hope that uh, just uh, it's possible. It's possible. Just keep keep moving one day at a time. So yes, it's when people uh, lose the final hope and they they think there's no other way out. Then that's when it becomes difficult to survive. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. What if if I ever give up hope when I was in a sick place in the infirmary, I would never. Oh, exactly. Be alive. No. Exactly. Yeah, with no hope. Yeah, you you don't you, you don't care about your body. You don't care about anything else. And yeah, so I, it's a, it's a miracle to me that um, your mother years earlier years earlier giving this story to you, and then that story pops back into your head now, and reminding you there is a God, a higher power that's going to help take care of you. Yes. It's just it's a big miracle. I, I'm just glad mother was able to do that for you and, and for it to come back to you. Yes, yes. And also my relationship with my mom when I took care of her mm-hmm. to, to build a strong love bond, that's, that's also a, a, just a, a very um, a secure place to remind myself that I have mm-hmm. somebody that loved me very much and I love her very much and I want to be back. Now, let me ask this. Uh, when you say you were in this uh, camp uh, and everything, so where's your family, mom and the family? Are they back at the farm and nothing's going on with them? Or are they going through all this trials and tribulation as well? Uh, they're looking and waiting for you to come home? or I mean, are they living so-called normal life and I mean I don't know are they going through the same thing as well they went through the same thing okay this thing happened all over the country yes yes okay I got you okay so um all right so you years of going on with this and you how did you finally get uh, released or how did everything stop were you able to get back with your family after four years of enduring, um, this this camp start to change. The uh, the leader of this camp somehow they found out about something. Something is going to change. Something is coming. So they began to gather all the camp, uh, uh, all the people like me to move. So they want us to move. So where are they moving us to? Going north, going closer to the jungle. So we we were given a big bag of rice to carry on our shoulder and a little bit of bag of our clothes and we moved. So originally there were 1,000 people in this camp. So by the time that we are moving, we probably have about 300 people left. Uh, for some kids. reason, 300 popped in my head when you said about 1,000. And then, yeah, for some reason, I don't know why that, but for some reason, 300 hit me in the head. All right? You are so right. Yes. So we are moving up, move to close to the jungle, Um 
but I was thinking after we moved for a while, I, I realized that this is now the direction that I need to keep moving with them. I need to do something. I Because my goal is to go back home, now to go with this group. Yes. So I have a courage. Well, God give me a courage. I have to... I have to give credit that must be God. He give me a great a courage to to plan an escape. All right. So, yes. So I want to escape, but I was skinny. I was sick because my health had been declined. And I asked three of my friends in the same camp, and I asked them. I told them that I want to run away. Would you go with me? And all three of them say yes. Yes, they they want to come with me. So I am so grateful that they agree with me and they support me. Now let me ask this. Um of course you want to get back home with mom and family. All right. Yes. That's your that's your main goal. That's your main aspiration right there. All right. Now, is it also when you're ready, you're wanting to leave and Fortunately, three other people, four uh, friends, whatnot, said to one leave. Is this also part of? I'd rather be dead, leaving, trying to get away, than living and no telling what's coming next. All right, and of course, I understand the main goal is to get home. But if I'm not getting home, I'm not going there. Is yes. that part of it as well? Yes, yes, you are so right. Because there is no future, no, no freedom, no future, mm -hmm. no, no love or relationship with anybody. So, I rather, rather be dead trying, trying yes. to get out to find my freedom, to find my family. So that's that's my mindset. Yes, yes, yes. So. Um, yeah, our, our escape plan was successful. Amen, sister. <laughs> All right. Thank I'm glad. Oh, I'm so glad that uh, God put that on your heart and your soul to give you the conviction of courage to jump and uh, to jump ship and go. Wow. Yes. That's that's again another miracle has come up. Yes. That that is a miracle. When I look back, I had now think back, reflecting on on all those sad situations for a long time until I wrote my book, right? And then I realized when I when it come to this point, I realized that we are in the jungle. There is no GPS. No, no, yeah, that's right. And <laughs> I have no idea where to go. So God must help direct us step where to go in order for us to, to find our way back. So it is a miracle that I found my way out. Yes, yes, yes. But also I want to share with our audience that, you know, we, you don't have to stay in the, in the place that you are not happy with. It's the mm -hmm. place, it's the place that, the place that don't give you any hope, any future, 
or the the place that that um imprisoned you mm -hmm. from your brighter future you you can't escape uh, yeah be whatever situation yeah. you're in if you're so unhappy uh if you don't see a future yeah you need to formulate a plan and go ahead and do a prison break from yourself to get away from everything. Okay. Yes, yeah. I, I, I agree. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. People need to muster up enough courage to be able to get out of their situation and, and look for something better. So, uh, and again, find someone like you had these three other people to support you and go as well. Find someone that can help support you to get you out of whatever you're into. Yes. Yeah. The in reality in life, in our normal way, in order for us to get ahead, we need to help other people along also. Yes, I agree with that one thousand percent. That uh, we're here on this big ball of earth that we should be able to help and support each other. There's too yeah. much of this, all this other crap going on. But when we have been successful in doing and getting away or whatever, then we need to also show someone else how to be able to do that. That way they can teach someone else how to be able to get out of it. Yeah. So back to my journey, when I, after I got out from that group, after a long walk, I've, I met some people and I keep asking around, ask for direction. And, you know, finally I was able to find my way home. <clears throat> and I tracked down my family. It's a long journey, but oh, yes. it's worth it. It's worth it. So I found my family. Now let me ask you about mother, since she was frail from the uh, being paralyzed yes. and then how was she, when she said she was able to, year, uh, years later, be able to get up and walk again? Uh, how was she able to, with all this working and being so demanding and less food, and how was she able to survive? She and my dad and my little youngest baby brothers are in the, in the house, in one shelter. They they built their own shelter because we were they were uprooted from our original place. So they mm -hmm. built their own shelter. Yes. But because, because of my little brother, um, he can stay with the family. And my dad built a little secret room in that little shelter to hide my mom. My mom had a stroke. Okay. During, during this hard time, she had a stroke. So she, again, she fell flat on her back again, cannot walk again. But because my dad was around, he was able to help out. Yes. But my other brothers, I have two other brothers, they are big enough to be pulled out from the family and go to put them to work, harsh labor, just like me. Yes. Yeah, we, we all struggle. The, the, the same way. Wow. And what years were this? From 1975 to 79. All right. So, all right. For the four years, then 79, 
how did everything of course that's when you went back home and everything did did the i mean did some other organization groups come in to shut the thing down to to get it back to normal uh i don't know say americans but allies and stuff uh find out and help uh get this like it's supposed to be yeah uh, from that is, yeah. is okay i did yeah. I, I i didn't know how to put that but i, I don't want to say americans only i'm sure it's allies other countries that come in to help uh right. to do this yeah the neighbor country um somebody um sneak out the news that this camaro's communists kill a lot of people and treat people like animal and uh so the the news get out and there was a a team yes. the vietnam the vietnam uh, group come in to release to uh to liberate so i liberate, think that's, yes. that that's yes. a good word to yes, liberate yes, it is. us yeah okay all right and then uh well let's go ahead and fast forward and after all this and reconnecting with family, all of you are getting as healthy as much as possible. And how'd you get here? Hmm. One more escape. <laughs> there you go. Uh, did, did you get to go back to your college uh, for your education and, and get in here? How, what happened now? Well, when I, after I reunited with my family, the country was in a big mess. There is oh, nothing, I, I, yeah, I can imagine that. Nothing going on. There's no school, no college, not nothing. So um, after a year of enjoying the reunion, we realized that the situation is not much better than before. We, we don't see the future, and it's just very risky. So my mom had this idea. She said, you know, one or two of us need to get out from the country and to find, you know, somehow, some way, find a better future and hopefully, you know, can come back and help out the whole family. So mm -hmm. that's, her, that's her thinking. Yes. And she teamed up with me with her cousin. She have a cousin who is about my, my age. So she said, why don't you go with him? and go get out and go find my cousin. She had another cousin who came to United States as a student. Mm -hmm. So that's our plan. So now me and my mom's cousin, we plan together to go to the Thai border. Our, my hometown is now too far distant from the Thai border. It's far enough that we cannot walk. We have mm -hmm. to drive there. We have to ride a motorcycle to get there. But within proximity, that is, it's possible that we can go there and to escape. So that's what we did. Um, again, the, the escape is, is a dangerous escape because the Thai people, they don't want the, the outside uh, come into their country. So in fact, the first group that ever escaped out from Cambodia and get into Thailand, they got bus, they got pulled on the bus 
and dump them in the minefield. Mm. So, yeah, yes, thousands of thousands of people was on that bus, and they point the gun at them to go back to come to Cambodia through the mine, the landmines. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's it's very brutal. People and people have I don't know. People are just not compassionate, not kind. Yeah. It's amazing but, how people I mean I'm assuming when you grow up in that environment non compassionate that you're in I mean that's you, you know what I'm saying? Uh but when you're in a compassionate family loving stuff it's hard to trade to go back and you know, to go to that non-compassionate unless there's yeah. something I, but yeah, it's hard to believe but there that's the way it is and uh, there's some people who's grown up without that love without that conditional unconditional love without the compassion and then yeah then there's a bunch of people like that and boy, it's hard to control anything then right so I realized, <clears throat> excuse me. Oh, you're good. Go ahead. I found out later that by the time I arrived, by the time I reunited my with my family, the whole country was liberated about four or five months before I came back. So that was a blessing that I didn't come at the beginning Otherwise, yes. I might be the first group who get trapped into that bus and in cross, cross over the mine, the landmine. Yes. So for some reason, I, I believe God protected me. So. There you go. <laughs> Leading the way still. Yes. So um, this time when I crossed the border with my mom's cousin, we got into Thailand and we found a refugee camp that was set up by United Nations. So somebody uh, made the news to send it to the United Nations that, hey, there's thousands of people trying to escape for their life. And then they get caught, they get trapped on the bus and get killed again. So. Mm -hmm. But United Nations built the, the camp for refugee, and I got there, and I was able to track down to um, connect to make connection with my relative in United States, and he sponsored me to come. So that's how I got here. There you go, and uh, were able to go back and get other family members later to come. A few years later, when my when my mom feel a little bit well enough to walk, the time that I escaped, she was not well. She could not travel. Mm -hmm. But but a few years later, she got robbed. Can you believe that? She got robbed. And she got too angry, um, too angry to stay. She said, okay, yeah. I have enough. I have enough. I'm going to get out from here. So with uh, knowing that I'm already get out, so she believed that she will make connection with me. So she gathered all her, her sons and left the country. But 
by the time she got to the camp, the camp was already closed. Mm. They they stopped a register for new residents. So there's another challenge for my family, big challenge this time. Mm -hmm. Because when you come to a new country uh, undocumented, you get no future. Yeah. No future. So um, that's the, that's the problem that I need to solve. By then, by that time, I was already in the United States, and all, I already got a job and so on. So, I I worked out the uh, immigration process how to how to get my family out. Mm -hmm. So I did eventually. I got them to United States, but it took five years. I can five. believe that. Five I can believe years. that with the the slow government red tape. I can believe that. <laughs> so with this slow paper movement, yep, I can believe that. And I'm sure it cost a quite a bit of money, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. I um I have a lot of support from the people that are kind and compassionate. In the United States. There we go. There's some of them. There's still people out there that are kind and compassionate. There's some. Uh, yeah. It's sad that the small hand few that are uncompassionate uh, kind of outrules the the majority sometimes. So, but no, I'm glad that glad you were able to find this group that's willing to help and really to do and and awesome. So. Well, Sarah, yeah. this has been an amazing journey, an amazing story. I, I, I've been intrigued listening. And so you, you've provided me with some hope to continue on to the next uh, venture that comes my way. And so, hey, if you want to go ahead and uh, we're going to get ready to wrap this up. But if you want to go ahead and tell everybody how we can, uh, your website, how we can look at uh, getting your book. Uh, your book, again, is How, Are, how I Survived. The Killing Field, a story of hope, love, and determination. If you can tell us uh, your website, uh, any other social media, how to get a hold of you, and sure. uh, your book, we'll really appreciate it. Sure. Yes, I would love to autograph my book for uh, for the audience that like to read my journey, my story. Um, it's available on my website only. It's not on Amazon. Just go to sarahim.com. S-A-R-A-I-M.com slash book. You will find that book. And, and I also um, a inspirational speaker. If you have a group, a gathering, a place where you want to inspire people, reach out to me. And this is a, an inspiration that you want to hear, that you want to share with your group. I mean, someone, wild to go from the killing fields of work, hard work and little food, nutrition, having the courage, again, given by God to escape there. And then, again, a second escape to get here. This would be a nice, nice inspirational journey for all of you to experience and again if you want to go to her website is sarah m that's s-a-r-a-i-m dot com and then you can find the book and all the other information to contact uh, her 
uh, from that. Do you have uh, uh, any other Facebook or Instagram or anything that they can look you up? Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. LinkedIn, it, just look for my name, Sarah M. And Facebook, my my uh, personal profile, you have to add another M to my last name to find me. And uh, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll put these links down in the uh, show note as well. But for ones that are listening, do the old Google, Sarah, S-A-R-A-M is I-M. And yeah. do the Google search and you'll find her through there. So, Sarah, I appreciate you being on here and an uh, incredible journey, incredible determination to want to survive and I really appreciate the perseverance that you have for being on the Professor of Perseverance podcast. So uh, appreciate that. And uh, Sarah, last thing here, we know there's people hurting, they're struggling. And if you can come up with a powerful message to help them get through today, that'd be a blessing. I would encourage you to hold on to your hope. Never give up hope. And also have faith with your strong faith and your hope will, will lead you out of darkness. Amen, sister. That's a good word and everything. Keep that hope and strong faith and go from there. So, Sarah, thank you again for being here. Uh, it's been a, a pleasure. Again, it, it's heartwarming for me. And I appreciate you being here and sharing with the audience and uh, getting your valuable time as well. So anybody else uh, that's coming in on the replay, share us out. Uh, this is an incredible journey. Listen to it two or three times. You're going to learn something every time from this. So everybody else, thank you for coming in. Do something today, tomorrow, something next week that's going to help you persevere past your paralysis. Thanks for listening to the Professor of Perseverance podcast. For motivation, inspiration, and encouragement. For more information, go to Facebook at Professor of Perseverance. Visit the website at ProfessorofPerseverance.com and view the YouTube channel, Dr. James Perdue, Professor of Perseverance.